2: Hello, Fightful Faithful. Welcome to uh, another episode of the post-NXT edition of Sour Graps. I'm your host, Alex Pulaski. Uh, We're in a wait-and-see mode to see whether or not everything sucks. But I'll tell you, the... um, The forecast doesn't look too sunny <laughs> in, in NXT because they're going back to to taping stuff at least for the next three weeks, and we don't know beyond there. We're not sure, um, but yeah, that's a that's that's a blow. USA can't be happy about that going from live shows. They didn't pay for a tape show. So if this is just like something to do to get everybody a break after takeover, like let's we'll, film three episodes worth and then everyone gets three weeks off uh, and then we'll come back strong. Uh, I think it's more along the lines of let's wrap up all these storylines so we can figure out who else we're going to release and um, and then we'll start fresh and new with live shows under under the Pritchard and, and Johnny Ace umbrella. But I really hope that's not the case. Um, everybody, uh, uh, please uh, subscribe to Fightful Select. That's the best way to support Fightful. Uh, and myself and everybody, uh, you get amazing scoops there from Sean Rossap, Uh, And you also get me doing my show uh, talking about uh, Raw and SmackDown. I do that twice a week. And lots of other things, too. All kinds of podcasts, great stuff um also uh leave a like on this video uh subscribe tap the bell for notifications um and uh so you can always know when we're streaming live and another great way to support us is to get super chats in donate a super chat and i will uh, uh show it on the air read it on the air answer a question get a discussion going in the chat um for example uh For example, uh, Ricardo El Idolo del Distraccion, I believe, um, has sent a super chat saying, uh, Alex, appreciation. Thank you. I love you too, Ricardo. Love all, of, all the fightful, faithful. Thank you for being here. Um, the Nerd Guru says that um, it's a sad reality when an NXT this good doesn't have a bright future on the other side. Feels like this take should be called NXT Takeover: The Last Dance. Um. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No, the NXT ring ring, ring work is always going to be great. Uh, they have they do have a lot of, of bright young stars to push uh, beyond just the the normal um uh. The the usual suspects, we'll say. Um. It feels odd to say that considering they're probably almost certainly going to put the title on Samoa Joe for a three-time champion uh, and, and hitch the wagon to, 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 to a guy like Samoa Joe who's an absolute veteran who's been around forever and is in his 40s. But they do have a lot of young, great talent that they could call up – and, and uh, call no, not call up, call upon – WWE Mark says, am I the only one who thinks this takeover card is lackluster? Should have had a tag title, North American title, or, or six-man, and a breakout finals. Sigh. Well, here's the problem with that. I don't anticipate Cross and, um, and Joe is going to be a short match. And uh, Cole and O'Reilly, uh, two out of three falls, is going to be 55 minutes give or take a few seconds, I think it's going to be a long one and they don't like to use really long takeovers. They just like to do really long matches sometimes in them. Um, and yeah, you can't be, I mean, if you're going to do a four hour takeover, sure. You can add those matches in there. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, I I guess they feel like the LA night and, and Cameron Grimes storyline is bigger more worthy of a of a premier spot than, let's say, the Swerve versus Santos and their boys story is. Uh, we'll see if that it ends up being true. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, and and a quick quick word before we get into NXT. Um, uh, we're, I'm I'm getting I'm getting a co-host for next week at least. We'll see how it goes. Um, I've decided to ask uh, uh, young uh, Miss uh, Kate Hensler, um, who is currently now the permanent uh, post-Smackdown and AEW Rampage host uh, on Fridays. She did such a great job with her first um, show there that I have decided I'm going to bring on somebody, uh, at least occasionally, if not regularly, um, to just take the temperature of the situation and make sure I don't jump off a bridge. Because next Tuesday, which is when she's going to be on the show, is the first taped episode. It's after Takeover, and things could look really different. Or be moving in a really different direction. You know, you know, back to the Michael McGillicuddy days. Um, so yes, we are getting a Kate and Alex collab. And that is clearly the highlight of this week. Um, I'm I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited about it. Um, uh, Kate is in the chat saying that if I uh, calling her young, that means that I'll come. She'll come on my show. Um, you're almost certainly younger than me, so uh, that's that's young in my book. Um, so we heard uh, earlier in the day that the planned. Kushida versus Roddy Strong Cruiserweight title match um, like this episode of NXT served in a kind of way as like a takeover pre-show remember how they did Wrestlemania Smackdown this is like you know that uh, but it had two title matches all, all planned out and Roddy versus Kushida for the for the for the Cruiserweight title is a is a, is a big match in my book uh, then it also had the tag title matches, but we ended up getting, but they said Kushida was not cleared, not medically cleared. Um listen, it's Florida. Anytime they say somebody's not medically cleared and then won't say anything else about it, it's Florida. Like every third person down there has got the COVID. So I just hope it's not the case with with Kushida, because he's a precious jewel and we must protect him at all costs. Um but i will say um that after last week when they didn't clear um ember moon and she came out and said uh no i'm i'm not injured she had a dental procedure and said i'm good to go i want to wrestle and they said nope everything that they do uh it has to be looked at with some kind of um some, some kind of uh, lens of distrust it's nxt is under new management folks whether we like it or not um and it's it's going to be very it's going to be it's going to be dicey going forward so that being said, we didn't get Roddy versus um, versus Kushida. Um, we got Roddy and Bivens and uh, uh, Suzuki, uh, who doesn't speak, out in the middle of the ring. Bivens cuts a promo saying Roddy Strong wants to wrestle. He wants his payday. So do I. And he gets what he wants. So let's do it. Open challenge. Who wants it? Uh, and who wants it is Ilya Dragunov. And this is one of those things where I was looking at this and I was going, (sighs) NXT, well, main roster does it all the time. NXT does it far too often for my liking. They book themselves into into a corner booking-wise. That's a weird way to say it. Um, Roddy Strong versus Kushida is the Cruiserweight title match. Later vivin um, says no Roddy is guaranteed a title match He's getting that title match Versus Garrett, versus Kushida as soon as Kushida is able I think we all Kind of assume Roddy is the next Cruiserweight champion Like if not in his first match for the title Then certainly in the Inevitable rematch But Roddy is probably going to be The guy to beat um, To beat Kushida And they should be priming him for that opportunity, for that inevitability of him beating Kushida. Versus Ilya Dragunov, who you can't beat tonight. You can't have him lose tonight after he lost last week. Distraction be damned, he still lost. He got pinned one, two, three in the middle of the ring. You can't have him lose a second week before his takeover match. So you have to pin one of these two guys, provided you don't do some kind of DQ thing, which I honestly thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to have Walter come out, uh, uh, attack, attack Dragonov as he was about to win. I thought they were going to do that, you know, to protect both guys. It's a terrible DQ finish that WWE does all the time. I thought they were going to do it that way because you don't have to have Roddy face Dragunov. Anybody else could take the match. There's a whole host of dudes backstage. Have one of them accept the match. Have Roddy blow through that dude, and then you're like, "Well, Jesus. Now now we got something to, now we got something to worry about. Maybe Kushida when he's healthy should stay away from Roddy Strong." Instead, you have a really good match where Roddy Strong gets in a whole bunch of offense on Dragonov, but Dragonov is able to win. Pin Roddy 1 2 3. And they tried later. They tried really really hard. Uh, to say, um, well, it doesn't matter. This loss, because wins and losses don't matter, even on the black and gold brand. Um, they they had to have um, Dragonov win, and then Roddy go like, well, now the, 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 the loss doesn't matter because uh, because. Because 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 Roddy is guaranteed a title match against against Kushida anyway, so it's like this loss doesn't doesn't count because it's not going to count against him in his in his number one contendership. Well, thanks for trying to explain away the terrible booking decision. I want to clarify: given the two terrible options, Dragonoff has to lose or Roddy has to lose. They chose the best option. That doesn't mean it's a good option. That shows that means they have to choose between two horrible options and they put themselves in that situation where the only two options were both terrible i enjoyed the hell out of this match uh i i i like i like that um that we got to see a Roddy strong versus uh off match which uh, certainly i would say first under the WWE umbrella, if not ever, between the two. Um, I'm not all up in my Dragunov versus Roddy Strong cage match.net uh, searches. So I don't really know if they've faced each other, you know, years ago. But um, but this was a lot of fun. Roddy got to get in a lot of good shit. And uh, then then Dragunov got to win, show how resilient he is. Which tells the story of how he can outlast Volter uh, on Sunday. Still don't think Roddy should be taking that loss, any loss, as long as he's still on the hook for to become the cruiserweight champion. That's just me. Uh, Jamerocito Gomez uh, says, uh, Alex, rumors are always to be taken with a grain of salt. Any chance that all the NXT rumors have just been super overblown? Or am I just optimistic? Well, there's always a chance they're super overblown. Um, I think you're optimistic to think that they're not. Uh it certainly seems that way. The, the 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 story goes that um Bronson Reed was all set to be called up to the main roster and then Vince saw him do a couple of dark batches was like meh. And if if he's not gonna be on the main roster, then why is he even on NXT? Fire him. Which if that's true, that's harsh. Um I would love nothing more than for all the rumors to be false and and for it to go back to being awesome NXT as soon as possible. Um but yeah. I just don't think that's gonna happen. Unfortunately, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, Aaron H says, uh, "Watching the show, I wish Dragonov would face Miro in a feud." I, I would, I would like to see that. <laughs> I, I would like to see that. That would be great. I, I, yeah, Miro versus a little dude that can take all kinds of punishment—that could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but Aaron says that beyond that, the show made me cringe. There was some stuff that I didn't love, but on the on the whole, I thought it was a, a solid episode. Um uh <laughs> there's some stuff I didn't love. <laughs> but there was on the whole, I thought it was a solid episode. Um Dragunov looks great. He gets he gets all busted open. Um and uh Added a lot to the final uh, part of the match. Um, yeah. Um, then he, and at, at the, the match he he uh, he takes he takes the mic and starts screaming for Walter to come out, and uh, Walter never does. So this is a weird thing that through the night we see Samoa Joe walking through the parking lot, and he's going to go presumably into the building. And I thought, holy shit, we're going to do. That segment right now, you know, they waited for the main event, and it was a weird thing to like have him show up now. Like, what's he doing, waiting around, ha- ha- hanging up, having a burrito and catering? The new guru says, uh, "Do you think them breaking up the undisputed era sent them down this path of destruction? The UE was always a safety, right? Yeah, I think breaking up." the ue with uh with with fish on the shelf and not somehow doing a strong versus cole versus o'reilly feud at least doing that triple threat match for a title of some kind like i i i think that's insane like if cole winds up leaving which i don't know that he will I think he should. Um, If Cole winds up leaving and we never get that match, Cole versus O'Reilly versus Roddy in a triple threat. Well, I mean, like, look what they did. They never, we never really got that triple threat for the shield. Did we? Not really. Not ever, really. Not, Not in a big way. If we ever did. One guy was always injured or they weren't allowed to face each other or whatever. if you're going to break up the undisputed era, you got to do it right. And I feel like they didn't quite get it right. Having to do it in the middle of the pandemic era did not make sense. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't help them at all to do it that way. I do think there was always a shelf life on that, on that stable. Um, and maybe they felt they had done everything they could as a group. But if you're going to do it, you got to make sure you get that match out of it at least. <sighs> um. Anyway, uh, we we get up the very lengthy prime target, uh, video package. These are always well done. This was no different. But there's no real new information. Um. Cole just gets to cut really good promos to the camera and uh, O'Reilly gets to cut very good promos to somebody who's over here and the camera's here. So I don't know why somebody told Kyle to like, don't look in the camera, like look to the side of the camera, but Adam, you look right in the camera. I thought that was interesting. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Get your super chance in, guys. And I will certainly read them, and we'll talk more about uh, this. Um, so uh, Hit Row comes out, and um, she says, uh, B-Fab gets into my first. She says, uh, Santos put his dirty hands and swears mouth pulled out his grill. Uh, so uh, we, you thought we were going to play games? Um, and everybody else takes some shots at Escobar. And then uh, the 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 beef Swerve says the beef with Legato has officially reached on site level. It's on site, which means, of course, uh, that you start swinging on site. There's no there's no parlay to to get the terms before the before the fight starts. You just start swinging. Um, Santos on the big screen. He says, uh, "I'm in the parking lot now. I saw you burn one of my masks." Um. I realize I may have disrespected your culture as you disrespect, disrespected, disrespected, if I can talk, disrespected my culture. Well, I think certainly it's time we should squash all of this. I would come down to the ring, but I don't trust your crew. But you can see I'm out here in the parking lot all alone. The cameraman doesn't like pan to the side to show Raul and Joaquin standing there. I would think that would be a bare minimum before Swerve walked out there by himself, but whatever you can see in this tight shot showing only me from mid chest up. There's nobody else in this parking lot. It's a lot on faith. Uh, But Swerve says, okay, I'm coming. Now come out, come out to the parking lot. I'll give you your grill back. Um, So Swerve leaves uh, and he tells his boys to stay in the ring. Uh, so, as he comes, he walks out. It's a great shot. The way this brawl is shot is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's like a movie. I love it. Um, and Swerve comes out the door, turns and looks far away because the camera's right behind Escobar's shoulder. And w- Swerve going to walk up there. And then the two guys come from behind him, as we thought they would. So, Swerve takes off his jacket and starts swinging it at the two guys. And every, as soon as uh, Topdala and Adonis see this, they jump out of the ring and run down uh, through through the back, and they come out, and there's a big brawl. And it looks at one point like Legato might have this one, except B-Fab shows up with a baseball bat. And remember how I said she hit one of the... I forget who it was. So one, of, one of the boys, one of uh, one of Santos's boys, with a chair, and she did it like this. Like, it was the... It, it barely made a sound. It was like... Like it was barely very very small, um, I <laughs> I she redeemed herself with this because she laid in that second bat shot. The first one was was adequate. The second one to Mendoza's ribs was a good shot. I I do love uh, B Fab, um, and I thought this was great. Eventually, they they all get Santos down because uh, Santos is about to pull out. I guess he put his hand in his mouth again. Santos should talk to Britt Baker about just getting some 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 gloves for if you're going to put some people's if your hands in people's mouths. I mean it's it, it's COVID, and you're in Florida, so could we? Um, but uh yeah, so they they take Swerve's um uh, grill back from uh, uh, Santos's pocket. Uh, this was great. Uh, And and they absolutely should have, did not, but should have booked a six-man tornado tag parking lot brawl for TakeOver. I don't care what else is on the card. Make this the main event. That's how much I want to see that match. Now, next week on regular NXT, taped NXT, I might add, we're going to get a regular six-man tag where everyone's tagging in like a bunch of chumps. I want to see baseball bats, people getting thrown over the hood of cars smash into car windows. Let me see it, Mr. Regal book it, oh of course, Mr. Pelowski, I'd love to book that match for you um, we didn't see uh Regal tonight, which I thought was odd, considering it's a go home show um but yeah I yeah. <laughs> Um, there's LA nights at the gym with Cameron Grimes. Uh, he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you at." So I'm gonna beat you at uh at take over thirty six, and then DBS is gonna be my butler. Hey, go get me a water. So he walks over to Joss Briggs and says, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars, five thousand dollars to start the match, and ten and five another five when it's over." If you take him out tonight and hurt him before takeover 36. And so Josh Briggs says, yeah, that sounds good. I'll take 10 grand of your money. Um, And uh, Josh Briggs, by the way, uh, the newest cast member of 205 live. He and he and Joe Gacy, neither man is under the, under the limit. So you should say they had a match on 205 live. They're like, Hey, look at that. 205 live two heavyweight dudes. uh, just belying the whole thing. Are they, is it part of a tournament? Is that why we're doing it? To get them on TV? Nah, we're just gonna just friggin' do it. <laughs> That's what 205 is Live is now. They've fired literally everybody. So now we gotta do 280 live. Uh, and Anyway, so Grimes comes back with uh, LA Knights water, and Josh Briggs is like, hi. And LA Knight's like, this is your opponent tonight. And Cameron Grimes is like, what the hell? Um... So Imperium is backstage. Uh, Walter is like, it's not me and Ilya Dragunov tonight. Tonight it's about Marcel and Fabian Eichner. <laughs> I know, I know I said that um, that Ilya Dragunov is... I can't do Arnold for Ilya Dragunov. Because that's not accurate. And I understand that Arnold for Walter isn't accurate either. But wouldn't it be cool if it was... What if, what if Walter, whenever he opened the match was like, yeah, this weekend, I will smash Ilya Dragunov into the ground. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? You don't really get a chance to do an Arnold impersonation anymore. He's not in movies very much. Uh, So, so you don't really get a chance to break out the, "Yeah, yeah, I will smash you. I will crush your spine. Come here. I will smash you in the face. Um, <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's like, um Mar- Marcel Bartel, we don't we need to prove the world doesn't need MSK. MSK doesn't belong in the ring, blah blah blah. Eichner says we'll make an example of them. And then uh, Walter says, Imperium is here to protect and score the honor of this great sport. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cliff Beard says uh, Walter is the T-800. Yeah. He's, he's not necessarily T-800. Uh, he's, he's more like Jingle All the Way. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm just doing an impression of whoever did the impression of Arnold. On Conan O'Brien back in the mid aughts. Yeah, um, uh, Conan O'Brien, I'm here. What would you like to talk about? Um, <laughs> this is how I have to pop myself, guys. Uh, and I guess Kate next week. I hope Kate likes my impressions because I'm that's all I do now. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Oh, I messed up chat up here. I wanted to uh, uh, add. So James Edward Smith says, uh, should Adam Cole interfere in a Matt Jackson, Adam Patch coffin match by cuffing out of the coffin back to life, costing Matt the match in the process? Should he? Yes. That sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. Although I don't know if that kind of BTE stuff is canon in AEW, but if it is, that's how I would book it. <laughs> good idea, Adam Edward, James Edward Smith. I like it. I like it very much. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, we're good. So uh, we get Cameron Grimes versus Josh Briggs. Uh, Teddy Biassi, uh has joined the announcers for commentary. Uh, Cameron Grimes comes out introduced as the personal butler, LA Knight. Um, Josh Briggs got a jobber entrance. Everybody else got a, a friggin' <laughs> entrance. Uh, a guy on commentary, his opponent, and another guy on commentary. They all get, get entrances. Josh Briggs, no entrance. Um, I wonder if he won. Uh, he didn't. Um, but he goes, he goes to work on, on Grimes' big old power moves. Um, he gets a huge big boot. Josh Briggs might have the best big boot in NXT right now. Um I don't know who beats him on the main roster. Oddly, it might be Jinder. But like there's not a great big boot on the main roster right now. Um, so that might be Briggs' thing. Big boot Briggs. Um uh anyway, so Grimes is able to finally come back. Um LA Knight just keeps well, LA Knight uh makes a bet with Teddy Biase. Teddy Biase says, I understand you offered this punk ten grand to beat my boy. How about we'll do double or nothing? If my boy wins, um then uh then he's gonna then I get twenty thousand dollars. And LA Knight's like, Okay, you're on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that didn't work out for him. Um, so uh, he's able to uh do um a big cross that big crossbody flip thing. It's like a weird Spanish fly that always looks like it hurts Grimes more than it hurts his opponent. Um, but I didn't think he could do it to a guy the size of Briggs, and he did. Good for them. Um, uh, and then he hits the cave in. Immediately after that, and gets the win. Um, so Dibiase says, I, "I, you owe me twenty thousand bucks." And La Knight punches Ted in the face, and then Grimes runs out to make the save, and he gets dropped with his with his BFT finisher. Um, and so then he talks some more trash. So um, yeah, La Knight versus Cameron Grimes on Takeover. Ah. Uh... <sighs> Again, if they're if they're not gonna do if they're not gonna do um the thing I, I pitched, which is Cameron Grimes loses, and then T-, T DiBiase has to be um uh knight's butler. And the only way that knight will let Dia Dibiase out of that obligation is is to have um, is to have Cameron Grimes buy him out of it and the amount of money that LA Knight asks for basically brings Grimes back to zero from all the money he won playing play the stonks and that's how he fully cements 100% his absolute baby face turn and we don't have to rely on the whole rich thing uh, gimmick um, then uh, maybe that's the maybe that's the best way to do it cuz we had a bit of bit a promo backstage where uh, Ted DiBiase says, "I'm sorry, I got you into this, kid." And uh, Cameron Grimes gets a great promo. Was like, "Wait, what are you talking about? Sorry, Ted, I got me into this. I wanted to be a million dollar champion. I'm a million dollar champion." Um, uh, which I thought was great. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat him and become a million dollar champion for real. To the moon. Um, uh, if they're not gonna do that. If they're not going to do it that way, then just have Cameron Grimes win this friggin' thing and just be done with it. I, I feel like they're not going to do that though. I think they're going to, I think they're going to extend this forever. Unfortunately. Um, uh, Ricardo says that uh, Cameron Grimes did the Spanish flip, which is a great name for that. To uh, to Keith Lee once, and I would like to see that. Uh, Evan Wright says they got no room for Hit Row on Takeover. Woof, man, and I agree. Woof indeed. Hit Row is one of the is the, is in my opinion the most money act they got on the entire show right now. Which of course means in Vince's eyes he doesn't understand them and will totally misuse them. Because, because I'm, I'm, I'm not batting a thousand. When I start saying this act, this is some stuff, man. These guys are going to be superstars. It never really works out that way. Um, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, that says that he loves my Grimes impression. Uh, that it's my best one. Well, I don't know about that. My Arnold Walter is pretty good. Um, Uh, What am I gonna do? Tell what? What you you gonna do, brother? Cameron Grimes takes you to the moon, I'm Cameron Grimes. Um, I don't. Who knows? I don't know what I'm gonna do. Suffocate? There's no air in space. That's what I'm gonna do to get to the moon. Hey, remember that horrible thing from a couple weeks ago? I don't know. Can can I narrow it down? Um. no, the 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 thing we the thing I hated the most, which was um Zoe Stark, um Zo- Zoe Stark uh and Rai went to a sushi restaurant and hijinks ensued. Cause that was when um was Zoe Stark threw some octopus legs at the wall to not so she didn't have to eat them. Um Uh yeah, <laughs> it was really bad. But at the end of it, um, the the waitress hugged Eo Shirai, and um, and then we had um, uh, you know, Zoe Stark say, "Hey, do you know each other?" It's like, "No, no, we just speak the same language." Um, and and then uh, and it was like, it, Zoe Stark had like you could see an, an an a light bulb go off, It goes, "Oh." And so what I thought for sure was like chapter two of this story was we get to see Zoe start struggling through speaking Japanese. Um, and then she might like, I don't know. Um, try and say some stuff in Japanese, but then give up and just do it with a Japanese accent. And I was like, please God, no, let's not do this. Let's please God. No, not do this. Um, and I, I don't know if they had anything planned for last week and then scrapped it. But this week, they just interview uh, EO and Zoe and says, um, uh, we've seen your recent efforts to create a bond and get along. We saw a recent effort. So, which makes me think maybe there was another effort that we're supposed to do things. I don't know. Anyway, um, he says, like we, we, we got differences. I'm trying to learn... Um, Japanese, it's not going too well. Just like Rome wasn't built in a day, this friendship won't happen overnight. EO says, I don't like you, but it's not about us. It's about defending the titles. And, the, and then Eo walks off and Zoe says, well, we got some work to do. And they leave. Here's what you have to work to do. Go work on finding any other female tag team in NXT. Work on it. Can you find one? Because I can't. The only one that's available, honestly, right now, that's even, like, possible to get thrown together. Outside of Casey and Caden, who to me are, like, just a, a thing. Like, there's a thing that happens. Like, obviously, they're other, the other tag team. So that's one. What's the second one? The second one, other than Zoe and Eo and Casey and Caden, is what, Frankie Monet and Jesse Kamea? And that's it. You can't work what you what is important cannot be defending the titles if you've never defended them once i don't blame them for this i blame nxt for putting together a tag division and then they call up Shotzi and leave ember behind ember hasn't been on scene on tv since candice LeRae is pregnant isn't that great i'm so pr- i'm so happy for candice LeRae and johnny gargano you guys that's amazing like, what a cool thing. Um, very happy for them. But now Candice and Indy can't be a tag team anymore. So they're out. Then you break up Raquel and Dakota, who were the first ever women's tag team champs. They're not a team anymore because now they hate each other. Who are the other tag teams? You can't have a women's tag division when there are only two, maybe three teams in it. And then I hear you say, well, what's stopping the main roster then? Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, yeah, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane. That's number four. That's four. That's it. Frankie Monet, Jesse Kamea, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, Casey and Caden, Io, and you got enough for a four corners match, and that's all you need, really. That's all you need, really, I'm sure that's that's bad bad news um so speaking of Candice LeRae, she and Johnny Gargano are backstage and Indy walks up um and they're talking all they're she's talking about her date with um talking about her date with with Dexter from last week. Um, and Gargano gets grossed out very quickly because he says that they made out, they were like, uh, he's like, uh, he says, we did this gross. We did this gross. We did this gross. We went in a hot air balloon and, uh, he's like, oh, that's pretty cool actually. And then she says, we made out thousands of feet into the air. Like, oh no, I don't like that. Um, or hundreds of feet, I guess what she said. Um, and I was like, uh. Uh okay. <laughs> I I kind of thought we were gonna get more Dexter Dexter and Indy out, out out and about doing more things. Like, don't talk about it. Film those things and show them to us. Like, I don't I don't care if you want to like green screen the hell out of it, but I want to see uh Indy and and Dexter in a hot air balloon. Don't talk about it. Show me. Um I want it like I I can't wait to see more of their dating escapades. I said to myself, not knowing that they were going to skip all of those chapters and go right to the payoff cuz Cause, cuz cause we, we we don't have time to do these things. We have no idea when Vince is going to all of a sudden call somebody up or drag somebody down. Um he says uh um, we're going to, Indy says, we're going to get matching tattoos, and Candace is like, no, you're not. As long as you live under this roof, you will not be getting tattoos. It's really not matching tattoos. Um, I'm thinking of taking the relationship to the next level, says Indy, and I thought that was just idle chat, but it was not idle chatter. Chatter? Chat. Um. Uh, Gexler <laughs> Loomis is there a second. Oh, um, Indy is putting on very tight fitting black gloves, you know, serial killer gloves, just like just like uh, Dexter and Gargano's like, what with the what's with the gloves? Um, and he says, uh, oh hey hey hey, how long you been standing there, you creep? How'd you like that cake to the face? That's what he says because that's what happened at the end of the thing. And he says he loved it, and he even had room for pie. Now I'm entirely fine. With all of this, this whole angle, amazingly, this kind of goofy shit works on me, but I don't need to ever be put in a position where I am mentally picturing Dexter Loomis doing specific sex acts. I I don't need it. Please stop me. Um, Please stop it. I don't, I don't. I don't want it. Um, I don't need it. We don't want it. Um, So uh, the intangible one, Cliff Beard, says that he wants the odd couple Loomis and Gargano to beat MSK for the tag titles. First ever father-in-law and son-in-law NXT tag champs. Don't ever let them get to the main roster, though. Because because then you'll have Michael Cole telling us 17 times every match. Do you know these two are father-in-law and son-in-law? They're father-in-law and son-in-law. Have you heard? Father father-in-law and son-in-law, father-in-law and son-in-law, father-in-law and son-in-law. Um, but yes, I agree. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, the nerd guru says that Johnny and Candace are going to be great parents because they already are with Indy and Austin, who I still miss. Congrats, Garganos. Yeah, they here's the thing about the Austin theory thing. I thought it was a perfect send-off where he realized that that Johnny wasn't really being a good father to him and he just had to leave. But that was like a month ago and he hasn't appeared on raw or SmackDown. Like, I think he was on at maybe one episode of main event, but he hasn't been on raw or SmackDown. So they, 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 they they wrote him off of NXT and he, and like, Oh, he's going to be on the main roster soon. No, <laughs> not yet. Not now. Um, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he did a great job with that with that role. There's a lot of things I don't love about about uh, Austin Theory, as I've mentioned before, but I thought he knocked that role out of the park. Uh, also, uh, knocking the role out of the park um, is everybody in this uh, in this mixed tag match. I don't like mixed tags except for when they're done for comedy reasons, which is that the uh, the male in the comedy tag team is very very scared of being tagged in because uh because then he has to face the male and the non comedy tag team uh and that usually works out pretty well um uh Indy and Jesse do some really good moves and uh, Robert Stone is wearing a fake braided ponytail there's something being talked about on commentary about how he uh he's wearing it as an homage to Steven Seagal, who was a legitimate crazy person look it up um but yeah uh yeah, people are chanting, happy birthday to Indy. Happy birthday to Indy. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, there's a lot of fun moments in the match. Um, the stuff between uh, Indy and Dexter somehow really, really works. Frankie gets, uh, is, like, li- like, obviously grabs Dexter's leg and gets kicked out. Um He's running the ropes. She grabs his leg to hold him there, and she gets uh, kicked out backstage. And, and then, um, yeah, it's it, this is not this is not how I would book Frankie Monet. Um, uh, they're um, they're killing Taya Valkyrie, says Evan Wright. WTF is this? I don't know. I don't think. Like uh, maybe this is all a smokescreen to get her on TV uh, more. I, I will. I love seeing her on my TV screen. I don't love her seeing her like this. If if Raquel beats Dakota, which I think we all assume is going to happen, consi- considering that Dakota's losing dark matches to Aaliyah on main event, uh, dark matches for SmackDown. And on main event to Aaliyah. Um, considering that uh, it's very very likely that Raquel is going to retain, if the next contender after that is is Frankie, um, okay, cool. Do you know who I think the next contender after that is going to be? Mandy Rose. I think Mandy Rose gets the title shot after Dakota Kai. There I said it. Not saying I want it. Saying I think that's where they're gonna go. Um so anyway, the big part of this match is um is the end where um Indy uh puts locks in the silence submission, Dexter's silence submission, um uh on Kamea as Loomis does it to stone at ringside and Kamea taps out. The entire time we've seen um Indy and Dexter like Indy, basically Indy's doing all of Dexter's signature taunts like in the video game, like the 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 thing with the with the glove and then like walking on her knuckles, dragging her legs behind her up into the ropes and stuff. Um uh it's all great. Um I, I, Really love it, uh, and uh, earlier when they got in the ring, Beth was like saying, "It's okay, you got this." To to like to to Indy, like being her, I don't know, weird stepmom or something. Um, and uh, <laughs> after the match, she um. Goes to the announce table, and Beth Phoenix hands her something. Um, and 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 she goes back into the ring, and Wade Barrett is like, "What the hell is going on here?" And uh, and Beth, which is the best part of this whole thing, says, "Zip it, Barrett," which I just thought was great. Um, and Indy drops to one knee. Um, and Loomis takes off his his left glove. He nods yes. She puts the ring on his hand. She's proposed to him. He has wordlessly accepted. And then he looks at the ring and we can see it close up. And the jewel, where the jewel setting of a ring would be is an eyeball. And if you're wondering where I went all in on the index pairing, it was when the ring was a freaking eyeball. And I was like, bravo. Anything after this is gravy. Um, They're going to do a wedding. I can't wait to see Johnny Gargano cry giant big fake tears when he has to give Indy away. I can't wait to see um, uh, Candace's mother of the bride dress. I can't wait to see if Austin is invited and he gets to wear like a little little midriff bearing t- tuxedo. Who else is coming to the wedding? Who's going to obviously interrupt the wedding? That's a thing that's going to happen. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm very, um, I'm very thankful that if you're gonna do goofy shit, at least make it fun and make it character specific, not just hey, uh, let's have a guy squirt people with water things, and he'll do it all the time. Honestly, if they gave that gimmick to any comedy heel a few months ago okay fine you know but they they made it into a thing for John Morrison on Raw because he was Johnny Drip Drip Um, but it's like it's not super specific um, I love that this is specific it makes it feel better to me um, however people may not Uh, say in the same way, but I mean, Jorge Sandoval says that based on today's episode, do I think that Adam Cole is staying? Based solely on today's episode. Uh, Honestly, I don't know. Guys, I wish. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I am on record saying he should choose AEW a hundred times out of a hundred. Do I think he is? I'm like... 55% sure he's going to AEW. Do I think he is? Because I don't, I don't know how to read that guy, man. He's, he's seems very happy here. And maybe he has the kind of ridiculous confidence in himself to think I'm going to be the, a different kind of guy that I'm going to make Vince love me. He's going to push me to the moon on the main roster, belying everything that we know about Vince. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, no, he's going to be Vince's new Shawn Michaels. Like, look at what Vince did with Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels wasn't big. Shawn Michaels felt a lot bigger than Adam Cole. Um, And the thing about Shawn Michaels, it's very different. Because Vince can take credit for Shawn Michaels. Vince put, that put him and Marty Jannetty in a tag team called the Rockers. Vince made the call to split him up. Vince made the call of who was going to turn on who. Vince made the call of who he was going to push. And because of that, he was going to make damn sure that that guy worked out. Now, obviously, Shawn Michaels did all the, all the hard work himself. But Vince was never going to give up on him. Because that would look bad on Vince. Adam Cole coming from elsewhere, doing the thing for however long he did it. How, how long was he uh, in, in Paul's vanity fed than in Orlando? few years right well if he's not great that's not my fault says vince if he's not immediately great i'm gonna bury him that's what i think would happen to, to adam cole on the main roster so i think he should choose AEW all the time but maybe he won't <laughs> uh maybe maybe he won't um So we talked about the Roderick Strong um, and Malcolm Bivens thing. So they do a, they do a um, these two people can't be in the same room because they hate each other so much, and so they do a split screen um, thing. It's an interview um, that Raquel Gonzalez says that she knew what Tequila Kai was when she aligned herself with her. Like why would I think I would be any different? Um, you, you turn on Tegan Knox, you'll turn on me. And uh, T and Dakota Sai says, um, uh, like you know, how how'd that clairvoyance do for you when I kicked you in the face? Didn't see that coming, did you? Okay, fine. I like that Raquel was like, yeah, you got me there. All right, fine. Um. This is a decent little back and forth promo. I think that Raquel um, has been a a, a monster heel at times, depending on who they put her up against. Uh, Or now she can be like a really like a like a Diesel like babyface. I know it's a it's a terrible obvious comparison, but like it's very rare that you get people who are much 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 larger uh, than their opponents. Um, Just just on the whole. And they make them a baby face. it's a very rare thing. they did that with diesel um and it worked. you know, so I think that that's why people make that comparison. Uh, you know they call her big mommy cool and everything. um i think I think it I think it works. I think she's got a lot of what you need to succeed. I do, but I don't know um, I think we all know what's happening in this match though. Right? Dakota Kai is, is is losing on main event to to Aaliyah. She's not winning this match, which sucks. Like, you could have convinced me absolutely that Vince loves Raquel Gonzalez and wants her immediately on the main roster. And so Paul gets to book Dakota Kai to win. But if Dakota Kai is losing, like, there's no reason to, to do, like, she's never going to abandon anything on the main roster. So, What? It's too bad. Because I would have loved to have seen watched a match where I didn't know who was going to win between those two women. Um we saw at one point a JC Jane um vignette. Um you know, she's Gigi Dolan and her are are, are kind of like, you know two pedals from the same rose, I suppose. But no Mandy Rose tonight. I still think they're they're planning on having her come out and surprise um, Raquel after after takeover. Hey so uh, Duke Hudson um, six foot five, 270 pounds, really well built um, but a very angular handsome face uh, formerly Brendan vank uh, but that mother. Fletcher can cut a promo. He did a, a backstage interview last week after Odyssey Jones won his semifinal match, where he was like, "I mean, just so effortlessly cool." Like Odyssey Jones, right? Very big, very large, uh, but I'm I'm pretty big too. I'm much more handsome than you are, um, and the guy you beat tonight, not it, it, he's not worth my time. Uh, I I love it. He's so great. Um, very simple. Like there's so it's so hard to be that effortless in a promo in wrestling anymore. Um, now Vince is gonna beat the hell that the hell out of him and make him be like everything has to be talked like this in this cadence only. In this way, um, but I, I, I do, I do love me some Duke Hudson. I think he's, I think he's has all the potential, everything you need to become a top five superstar in WWE on the main roster. I really do. I love Carmelo Hayes, man. That guy is super athletic. He is everything that I love watching. On my TV in a match, I love it. Um, You know what? What I think his ceiling is on the main roster, Cedric Alexander. Whereas Duke Hudson is like Drew McIntyre. Um, there's no comparison. If what NXT is supposed to be is, pre- is prepping these guys in developmental for Vince's version of wrestling, then there's no comparison. Duke Hudson has way higher upside than Carmelo Hayes. Um, Carmelo Hayes won this match, the semifinal match versus Duke Hudson. I love Carmelo Hayes. I think he's great, and I look forward to this match versus Odyssey Jones next week on the next T. They're not putting this on the on the on the takeover. They're not gonna do that. Ah, why would you do that? Um uh yeah <laughs> um this match was really good and Carmelo Hayes got to be super athletic and show that he's not intimidated by a bigger dude and he won with that amazing axe kick off the top rope did some really great stuff he's got an amazing super Uh, super code breaker that he does. Um, Hudson got to get his shit in too, uh, but Carmelo Hayes like one going away. Like he hit the last like six moves of the match. Um, I think Carmelo Hayes probably wins the breakout tournament and I don't think he does anything on the main roster uh, even close to that kind of level. I think he should. I think I think Ricochet should have been WWE champion by now. But I don't get to book the shit. I don't. I don't. I'm not allowed to. I'm just talking about where where he's going to be under Vince and Bruce and Johnny Ace. And this is why there's there's a, there's a question mark here. Who who are who are we booking the show for? Prepping it for? If it's for Vince, then it's a weird choice. Um. Yeah, there was a, a a a DDT on the apron that Vink took that looked like he broke his face in half. That was brutal. Like Carmelo Hayes is amazing. I really like the guy. I I I think that he probably has like a, an equally high ceiling, just like in all of wrestling, but not in WWE. At WWE it's 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 Duke Hudson. That's the guy that, that I think could could main event WrestleMania one day. Think about it. There's they're eventually gonna have to start booking other people
1: You know,
2: could, could, he's got everything you need anyway. um, after Hayes wins, uh, he, uh, he's, uh, he goes, um, one-on-one upstage, up on the stage with Odyssey Jones. It comes out. He says, um, uh, Odyssey Jones says, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to be the, after I, win the finals next week. The whole NXT universe is going to sound the alarm, which I didn't realize was his catchphrase. Sound the alarm. Um, Jones and Hayes is going to be a, a really fun match. I think that, I think the Odyssey Jones is going to be the main roster in like um, two months. Probably. Right. He's already winning matches on any, on main event. So um MSK versus Imperium. Man, MSK, MSK is a lot of fun. Um uh they are small. I mean when they when I mean like like Bartel and Fabian Eichner are like 220 pounds apiece. Um uh, Bartel Bartel's a, a few inches taller than Eichner. They are they are they were absolutely rag poor Wesley around the ring. Um, uh, I I I really like both of these teams. Uh, I really love uh, the way that Eichner just is so. Just, uh, he was in the original CWC, not the Capital Wrestling Center, the Cruiserweight Classic five years ago. Um, and I uh, I, I wrote about him for Fightfuls. One of the first things I wrote about. Um, I said it was like um, if a bicep had a face. <laughs> That's what Fabian Eichner looked like to me when I first saw him. He was just a solid muscle with a face on it, um, and and he's yeah, he's only gotten more muscular since then. Um, and I I really like both of them. Uh, I thought it was I was like it's weird that I think they might put the titles on on Imperium. But MSK hasn't done anything to like do, uh, you know, there haven't done a lot of favors with MSK. Like, it feels like forever since they've had a title match, even though I know it was just a few weeks ago. Um, I just, they don't, they're not really a part of storylines. Like, you have Hit Row. And you have uh, Legado del Fantasma, um, and you, like they're, they're like they're trios, they're they're factions that feel more like important units than the tag champs, just because of how they're they're booked. Still really talented though. I will never understand. Never, you'll never be able to explain to me why it happens. The move. It looks impressive as hell. That's not the point. The move where Nash Carter does a backflip, and while he's doing the backflip, Wesley pushes him so that he lands the backflip on the guy. Why not just do a moonsault onto him? What does the push do? How does it make the move hit harder? Why is it necessary? It's a stupid move. It's impressive looking, but it's a, there's no ring psychology to it at all. It it is the kind those kind of moves that allow, crow magnon types to be like, oh, what is just what just just wrestle? Why don't just wrestle? You, there's some good flippy dips and bad flippy dips. That's a bad flippy dip. That's what I gotta say. Um. Yeah, GYV uh, should be involved in this title picture as soon as possible. They're really, really great. Imperium would have won this match. One million percent would have won this match. You'll never be able to tell me different. They had all of the momentum. Um, but Walter decided to come down and get involved when he didn't need to. Like, his boys were doing really well and were going to win that match. And Walter coming down... Um, allowed for Ilya Dragunov to come down to counteract it Ilya Dragunov has no care no does does not care at all about MSK he just hates Walter so Walter coming down to get to get you know involved means Ilya has a chance to beat up Walter um so um so Walter comes down. He's like, yeah, what are you doing? Stop it. Get down from there. Don't do a slippy dip. Stop it. Get down. Uh, and, uh, and he distracts the referee. And the referee says, what are you doing? I'm standing here on the apron to distract you from what is going on behind you. Don't look over there. And so uh, then uh, Bartel and Eichner start doing offense um, to uh, – To, to Wesley, but it doesn't really matter because, as I said, Ilya Dragunov comes down and there's a little brawl ringside, which allows them to be distracted enough for uh, MSK to hit their finisher and then they win. But, um, Walter gets to clean house and destroy everybody, and Bartell and Eichner help him and they they beat up Ilya Dragunov. And, um, Dragunov holds his own for a bit and then he gets chopped. And, um, yeah, he's just 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 mur- murder, <laughs> just murders murders dragon off with a single chest chop to the chest, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm very much Alonzo Smith. You may have come here late, but um, uh, Walter, I've decided that it would be much better if Walter sounded like. A really over the top impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It would just make the whole thing more fun. Uh, so so that's what was going on with that. Um, and Kate says that she's backing out so that my co-host next week can be Arnold Alex. I don't I don't know how to do that live. That'd be difficult to, to edit. So you have to come on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kate. Um so uh <laughs> um the main event is the main event is Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross and this thing could not have gone much worse. I'm sorry. I love Samoa Joe. He walks down to the ring and I'm all about it. I love this dude. He's like Karrion Cross. Um and I love him and I walk through a wall for Samoa Joe. And he says some stuff about how, you know, like, I could send out, I, I was looking, I was, I was looking forward to tonight to come out here, get on the mic and, in cut a promo eviscerating you. Uh, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. I just want to hurt you. So why don't you come out here and let's do this. And then Karrion Cross gets to come out and hide behind a bunch of security goons because that's the Karrion Cross that we have all been told who this guy is. Um, and uh and, and cross gets in the ring with joe uh and then and i think joe attacks him first with a headbutt or whatever and then there's a brawl that happens at the ring at, around ringside um and at one point joe is supposed to throw cross i mean it all happens all ringside joe, Cross is about to like do a Saito suplex to, to Joe over the announce table, but Joe fights out of it. And then uh, Joe uh, th- throws um, Cross ostensibly through like the plexiglass and chain link over the barricade. Now, Cross hits it, and it goes, timbers over. But he doesn't go through it. Joe has to lift him up and toss him over the, over the barricade. And then they're, they're fighting on the other side of the barricade. Um, until they like very obviously get a bunch of dudes from the back. And then the security guys are like, hold Samoa Joe in place so that cross can run from off camera and do a spear, which he doesn't do. That's not a movie does um and 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 he and the and he spears all these people around Joe and Joe into the barricade, and the barricade kind of then falls over like he has to like push through it like he doesn't the barricade like nobody rigged the barricades to topple, so there was somebody that they forgot to do um so yeah i i I don't know where this is going beyond Samoa Joe beating the hell out of Karrion Cross, but this, this this brawl was not the what they hoped it was going to be, I don't think, to end. The final, maybe the final ever live NXT on Tuesday. Who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, if this was taped, they would have run this segment back again and done it again because it didn't work. Um... Yeah, Scarlet wasn't here. I know she's not on the main roster with him because they're working an angle. I guess that when Scarlet eventually shows up, then he'll learn how to wrestle. But he's already won two matches in a row without Scarlet. So are they still doing the angle? Where's Scarlet? I don't, I don't, I don't love Scarlet. I think it's a. I think she's a. I think she she ruins his act. Doesn't really make sense. But um but I think that there's a lot of people who do like her and would want her around if she's there, but she wasn't she wasn't on on screen again this week, which is weird. Um, I've never gotten Karrion Cross with scarlet it doesn't make sense to me scarlet is a dark sorceress a a, a a a mistress of the occult arts um and and he's just a dude who fights in a gladiator outfit like there's nothing about him that screams like doesn't have weird face paint or like nothing about him is is spooky but his wife is like uber spooky and and I don't I don't it doesn't make sense. Like you you can I mean also her lip syncing is atrocious. It's atrocious, and it needs to be stopped. But maybe they'll figure out how it works together at some point. Um, Cal O'Reilly wins his match. Samoa Joe wins wins his match. Cameron Grimes wins, I think. They will they're just gonna go ahead and do it um uh raquel Gonzalez wins is there a fifth match that I'm forgetting I, I I I don't know oh oh Walter yeah I think I think Walter's still been struck enough I I don't I I don't think they're gonna do the title change in America so that's it Oh, I forgot about the, the Pete Dunne and uh, Ridge Holland promo, where Pete Dunne got to go, oh, I'm Pete Dunne, and this is Ridge Holland, and Timothy Thatcher, and Tom Tommaso Ciampa, you picked the wrong guys to pick a fight with, but I can't respect you for, for stepping up to us, but we're going to kill you. And Ridge Holland was like, yeah, they are going to kill you. I'm going to beat you with my black cock. He's got, a, he's got a wooden truncheon, but it looks like a black rubber dick. It just does. So I'm looking forward to that, to Timothy Thatcher versus Ridge Holland. If only because it's going to get us closer to, Tim- to Tommaso Ciampa uh, versus Ridge Holland. But then Ridge Holland's going to win those matches and I don't want Ridge Holland to beat Tommaso Ciampa. This this may be the end of an era, guys, which is, which is why I'm, I'm bringing uh, Kate Hensler into the act. A new era of NXT is a new era of the post-show of NXT. We'll see. We'll see. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here. Please leave a like in the chat. Subscribe to Five Select. Um, appreciate it. Um, and we will uh, see you next week. Let's, let's figure it out. <laughs> let's figure it out where we're going from here. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe next week I'll get to start actually saying every week. With gusto, everything sucks.